This is the Oil & Gas Startups Podcast, where we showcase emerging technology and the stories of industry founders, investors, and leaders with your hosts, Jake Corley and Colin McClelland. What's going on, Digital Wildcatters? Welcome to another week of the Oil & Gas Startups Podcast. Got a fun episode today. So we got my... I want to say long time, buddy, but actually we haven't known each other that long, maybe six months or so, but it seems like a long time. We got go back, go back through the Twitter worlds. <laughs> oh, actually we go back to uh Nate party of what? 2020. <laughs> That's when we first met. So good times. Um, got my buddy Griffin with uh Olympia Creek. It's just Olympia Creek, right? Technologies. Olympia Creek technologies. And then we got Parker with Unchained Capital. How you guys doing? Fantastic. Doing good. Doing good. Man, I'm excited about this uh, this episode. Uh, it's something that I'm passionate about, which is Bitcoin mining off of natural gas and energy assets. And really hot topic. You know, we've had a few episodes where, you know, we've had Crusoe, we've had J Energy, and both of those guys have um, different philosophies and theses when it comes to mining Bitcoin. You know, Griffin, I know that uh, Olympia Creek has y'all's own thesis and then Unchained Capital met you guys uh, recently and y'all have been doing these Bitcoin meetups in Houston, which really, you know, surprised by the Bitcoin community in Houston. Like it seems to be growing um, and getting big. And like I met a uh, developer on Twitter and he's uh, he just moved to Houston and he's a crypto developer and he's like yeah this is the place to be at for cryptocurrency and that blows yeah. my mind because two years ago like there wasn't anyone involved with crypto here like is that what you're seeing like are people getting interested in it so i'm i'm pretty new to it you know myself and but when we started looking there was like a, a kind of a small um very small you know kind of group doing the meetups and then uh unchained gets involved put some gasoline on there and it's just been uh the, the energy is there is great. Like it's the buzz of like, you kind of feel the revolution coming yeah. and uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really good. Well, so De- it was, definitely hit them up. Yeah. So it was probably June. I was driving down from, I'm, I'm based in Austin. We're based in Austin, Yeah. but uh, I was in Dallas and I was driving down from Dallas to Houston. And one of our good friends uh, from the Bitcoin community had recently moved to Houston and decided that he was going to start a, a Bitcoin meetup. And I think there were probably about 20 people in an office in May. And on the way down, I gave him a call. I was like, we're going to do the Bitcoin meetup in Houston, right? And we, we host the Austin Bitcoin developers meetup. We refer to it as BitDevs in Austin. And we pack 200 people into an office that, you know, normally has about 15 people working in it. Yeah. There's about 70 people at our company, but 15 people work from the Austin office. And, um, so we've built a really strong community in Austin and I just had a, had a, a moment of clarity where knowing Bitcoin very well and knowing the Houston community and knowing the tie between Bitcoin and energy that, uh, that if we built it and created the right forum, that we draw all the, all the, the, the oil and gas energy power producers into the Bitcoin orbit. And so from, um, basically coming down to participate in the meetup in June and then starting to to promote it in July. And then really for the first time we had an actual space 
and organized, we had probably just under 200 people. Yeah. And the last one, it might've been close to 250. Yeah. And um, that there's a lot to Bitcoin and energy has a massive role to play in it. Uh, so we, we just knew if we put those two things together that uh, it would it would become its own animal. And it has been and it will continue to be. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, I went to the last Bitcoin meetup and it was just really surprising to see how many people I knew from my oil and gas network that were there and a lot of people that I didn't expect to see there. And I've always been really bullish on Houston. I think Houston is one of the most uh, opportunistic cities that there is. And then really started realizing in the last couple of months since being at that meetup, I was like, oh shit, like this could be a big play for Houston. You talk about energy, the role energy plays in the Bitcoin network and man, we're the energy capital of the world. So why would we not be a Bitcoin uh, capital of the world? As well, I I I agree with you one hundred percent. You have like a bunch of people that is just free market capitalism at like their core in Houston. Then like oil and gas, energy, uh, having like an energy backed money, we get it a lot faster, you know, than everyone else. And then having just the the natural resources in the state of Texas, where a lot of people are headquartered out here, uh, and then just yeah, Houston. It's, it's, it's all about the green. Yeah. And it's they, kind and of like this like perfect storm of different elements that, um, have kind of set the stage for Houston and Texas to become a Bitcoin hub and a mining hub. So, you know, I know we have a lot of listeners and people in the digital wildcatters community that, you know, they hear me and others talking about Bitcoin mining off of natural gas, but you know, they may not even understand uh, the concept of Bitcoin mining. Can we talk about that a little bit to get this conversation started? And then I also want to talk about, you know, um, we can transition into like Unchained Capital and what you guys do and what your your part of the, the mining process is in terms of um, uh, custodial services. And then I want to dive into... Uh, you know, mining off of nat gas. Cause Griffin, you were a land man by land trade, right? dog. Yeah. All right, cool. Through so, and through. You know, it's going to be a wild show anytime we get a land man <laughs> on here. So Parker, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, like what, what is Bitcoin mining and what is the Bitcoin network? Just kind of high level overview of it. Yeah. I, and I do think, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that have stared at Bitcoin for a long time, there, there's a recognition that initially doesn't make a lot of sense that it, that it's not intuitive there's a thousand cryptocurrencies and, and there's Bitcoin and what about Bitcoin makes it so different than everything else. And that I think one of the things that Griffin was talking about in terms of why this place, Houston, is so naturally set up to, to be a Bitcoin hub, um, that, it, that it extends beyond energy, it extends the entrepreneurial spirit, um, but that when you look at Bitcoin and you don't understand it at the macro level, what I've noticed in the energy community is those that get into mining, that the mining process, it's, it's an intuitive, or sorry, it's a not intuitive process, but what it's effectively doing is securing the Bitcoin network. It's ensuring that the Bitcoin network is distributed and that ownership of the network and validation of the network are separate. But, but the way to think about it at the top level is the energy that the Bitcoin network is consuming is securing the network and ensuring that there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin and that all Bitcoin transactions are valid and that you can't have uh, invalid 
Bitcoin in that the more energy that the Bitcoin network consumes, the more secure the network becomes. And that really is what mining is. Um, but that when I step back and I explain to people, well, why do, why is this network valuable in the first place? Why, why does it demand the amount of energy that it does to secure it? That, that someone could never understand why Bitcoin mining is necessary or why the energy that it consumes is worth uh, the benefit that, that they see the cost, but they don't understand the benefit. And, you know, probably without going too far down the, the rabbit hole and understanding that Bitcoin is not intuitive is that Bitcoin is a monetary network that, that guarantees one thing, that if you opt into it voluntarily and store your wealth in Bitcoin, that the unit of currency cannot be debased. Um, that the reason why Bitcoin is valuable, if I w was to distill it for folks is that there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin and that is enough. That, that the entire world needs a form of money that can't be printed and that everybody has a, a trillion dollar problem and that is governments all over the world printing trillions of dollars. Um, Bitcoin solves one of the most fundamental needs and, and the energy uh, ultimately ensures the security of that network. That's what, you know, one of the biggest complaints I get from the oil and gas community or not complaints, but questions is why would we convert our nation's resources into energy to mine a fake currency? And I'm like, first off, a fake currency is a trillion dollar asset class currently. <laughs> like there's nothing fake about a trillion dollar asset class. But my thing is, is like, why do you not have an issue with the energy that, you know, the AWS network consumes um why do you only have an issue with the bitcoin uh, network and for me the value of bitcoin is in the network and that's why i think you know proof of work is so important because that's what makes the network valuable is that it does consume energy and it takes that energy to um secure the network and someone asked me on twitter yesterday like well what do you think about um all of these new cryptocurrencies using proof of stake. And I was like, well, first off, I think every cryptocurrency, I believe every cryptocurrency outside of Bitcoin is a shit coin. Correct. And I also think proof of stake is a scam. Like it, it, it literally removes what, why I think the Bitcoin network is valuable. And that's because it takes effort and energy to secure that network. And that's, you know, that's kind of my answer to those guys. You know, I don't know if y'all, if y'all have seen some of those same remarks. Yeah. I say a proof of work in the oil field, uh, you know, you start out with, um, a geologist going out, shooting seismic prospecting, then, you know, landman comes in, leases up acreage. Um, these are, these are all like processes. Then, you know, you get your permits, then you get, uh, the drilling rig out there. Then you turn to the right. Then you actually, produce something. So you have the proof of work in the process of you didn't just wake up and this thing's flowing oil, right? You have to have all of these different um, steps to get there. And that is the work. So if somebody like, I guess you could hit like a PUD deal. If somebody's like, no, this, this proof of stake is look how many wells you can drill here. It's like, well, I would much rather have something that is requiring electricity, like a pump jack that is doing the work and it takes time. Right. And so with Bitcoin mining, you have to have energy, you have to have, um, you know, semiconductors and you have to have time. Mm -hmm. And the proof of work is the, the security that Parker was talking about is, is just so important because it's the easiest way. I never planned on being like a toxic maxi by any means, but <laughs> knowing how hard it is to mine Bitcoin, even like we're doing it in the oil field or you're doing it in your garage. It is not just 
you know, plug it in and uh, just count your money. And you just all of a sudden you walk up and Bitcoins are flying out of the thing, right? It takes time. You're getting little fractions. You're getting little fractions. You're paying electricity bills. You're replacing, you know, PDUs. And the longer that you actually have to, uh, you know, keep the miners running, you totally respect proof of work. Mm -hmm. And that's where you, you, you don't even look at the other coins because you know that there is only one that the proof of work is, is so legitimate that uh, it's decentralized and everything yeah. to the point to where it's, it's a no-brainer. You found the winner. Now let's just make sure the network keeps rocking. I love how you said like you never uh, intentionally wanted to become a, a Bitcoin maxi, but I mean, it's like the same thing for me is when I first uh, started buying Bitcoin, you know, back in 2016 or 2017, um, you know, I was also buying altcoins too. And I was like, oh, you know, this project, this project. And the more I really started to understand, like I just gravitated towards Bitcoin because that's what made sense. You know, um, you know, one thing like I think that's you talked about the type of people that are here in Houston and Texas and the oil field specifically, you know, my 65 year old stepdad hardcore West Texas boy, born and raised, you know, completions consultant, um, you know, spent his entire life in the oil field. He didn't really need to understand the technicalities of Bitcoin or how you know, the, the mechanics of how it worked. All he needed to understand was the supply. Hey, 21 million Bitcoin, it can't be diluted. That's all he needed to understand. And it was a very easy um, story to, you know, tell him and to get him converted. And Griffin, you can talk on this a little bit, but I think what's really interesting about Bitcoin mining is how much it looks like mining hydrocarbons <laughs> from a business model perspective, yeah. you know. Um, you have, you know, you just talked about like proof of work, uh, which you had some great analogies in the oil field, but also, you know, you have, um, you have things in uh, oil assets that are, that can be related to difficulty, you know, uh, completions designs and uh, reservoir properties. Like Pipeline those all, pressure. Pi yeah, like all of those different types of things are um, analogous to uh, difficulty. And then, you know, the economics are really driven by, you know, underlying commodity price. And now you have the ability to use financial instruments to hedge out uh that that commodity and so it looks so much like this is why oil guys get it yeah it looks so much like oil and gas like someone asked me on twitter the other day like why do they even call it mining i'm like well if you actually looked at it like it is very much like mining and i think when you start to explain that to people like oil and gas guys they start to get it because it looks like the business that they're already in just instead of using rigs to mine hydrocarbons you're using uh miners to mine bitcoin and uh what I've learned is a Bitcoin miner loves two things. It hates, it hates heat and dust, but the two things that it loves is freedom and uh, cheap energy. And if you look in the, in the world right now, like where is that magnet? And it is, it is Texas, right? Like you have, you have the cheapest, most reliable energy from any source. Then in the future, there's a ton of wind in the panhandle. There's a ton of sun in West Texas. We know there's a ton of oil. We know there's a ton of gas. We know that there's um, uh, uranium down in South Texas. Like, so the future for the like longevity of this cheap energy, the more different sources that it's coming from on that grid, um, the more reliable that grid is, the more um, if one commodity spike happens, you can always balance it with, you know, other commodity sources to where 
the, the like electricity is almost going to get cheaper and cheaper the more um, mining that actually happens here, because like the we call it the Chexit, right? The Chinese kicked out all of their miners, mm -hmm. and this is we know at one point like sixty percent of the hash rate just all of a sudden is unplugging. Pulled off. Awesome. So those guys are scouring the globe for where is a cheap source of energy um, that I'm not going to get kicked out. I'm not going to invest in all this infrastructure and then find out that the government says not today. Yeah. Have, have a nice life. So the, um, you know, a lot of them found their way to like Kazakhstan. And I don't know if y'all are keeping up with, but like Kazakhstan uh, is, their grid is getting hammered. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, got this energy crisis coming with it. And now they are going to have to stop the mining. And Putin's over here like, uh, I'm not giving y'all any more gas, but if you want to bring those miners over here, you know, you know, come on down. And so all of a sudden, everybody that went, someone to Scandinavia, um, which, is, which is higher electricity, but, you know, better governments and uh, weather. Yeah. But then the Texas scene is just absorbing this, uh, you know, huge exodus of all of this hash rate that is going to end up in Texas. The infrastructure is getting built out right now. Yeah. And I, like... Don't say this dramatically, but we could see like the largest like transfer of wealth in human history, all because it, like the the politics here are you know leave me alone, uh, yeah. go make money. We're seeing the support from uh, Greg Abbott, Greg Ted Abbott, Cruz, Ted like Cruz, talking about it. Man. Cornyn yeah. was at a blockchain deal. Yeah. Ton of like the local uh, or the state reps, state you know, senators. I, I've talked to Chinese miners that were moving um, from the exodus and, you know, very top of mind for them was regulatory. And they're like, you know, we hear Texas is going to be very friendly to this. And, you know, one thing I think that's really interesting to think about is, you know, a lot of people don't know, but Texas is the leading state in wind power. And it's not even close. Yeah, it's not even close. Not even and, close. And, you know, just say that you're putting out 25 gigawatts of uh, output in West Texas, but you only have five gigawatts of, of takeaway capacity. Why would you not have miners out on those locations and converting that uh, wasted electricity into something of value? And it actually becomes a, you know, everyone talks about the Bitcoin network consuming energy and being bad for the planet, but it can actually enable um, renewable projects that weren't economic without they a they almost have basis. to have yeah they do <laughs> yeah. they have to with it with the intermittent nature of them like they have to have it and it can actually enable that well you know another thing that because i, I kind of view it to to use a bad movie reference like a lot of the bitcoin community we i think recognize a problem with our money don't want i'm not speaking on behalf of everybody but um but but generally when people find the signal in bitcoin they, they figure out that governments all over the world are printing trillions of dollars. Bitcoin is the solution to that. And that, you know, from the Patriot, that, that one of those last scenes where the dudes, you know, carrying the tattered American <laughs> flag, it's like, we see like the, you know, we're, we're, we're fighting a big fight and that everyone, like the energy industry, like, you know, they've been beaten down by ESG and, and all these things. And we kind of, are, are the people carrying the flag to be like, no, like run the other way. <laughs> like that's the wrong fight. And that there's this connection between money and energy. And it kind of comes back to something that you said, where when people look at the cost of the Bitcoin network and they say, why are we consuming our natural resources that are scarce to this fake money, right? That there is something about Bitcoin where if people have the humility to recognize before Bitcoin, 
they never questioned what money was. Yeah. Right. But then everybody's opinionated on what is and isn't money. And then they say, Bitcoin's not money and that's a waste of, of resources. And that if they just have the humility to stop and think about what the actual function of money is, what makes something a good form of money or, or worse, that they actually have to go through that process before they can actually understand or, or conceive of the benefit of Bitcoin. And that you, you know, people always do cost-benefit analysis. If you do not understand the benefit of something, you are categorically unqualified to assess the cost. Uh, and the analogy that you use of AWS, it's the same thing with like Xbox. I don't play Xbox. I don't understand the value that Xbox delivers a gamer, you know, for playing four hours a day. That's the same thing about Bitcoin, except the, the function of money, it's not something about greed. It's about coordinating economic activity. And especially for energy folks, I, I use the analogy of Venezuela, that uh, I'm not traditionally an oil and gas or energy or power producing person. But as I've interacted more with Bitcoin, it's naturally brought me that way coming down here in Houston and helping organize the Bitcoin meetup here. It's that you look at a country like that, that used to be one of the wealthiest countries in the world that has the, the most, if not one of the most natural resource countries underneath the soil. They don't have a form of money to get the natural resources out of the ground and then refine it, that when money breaks down, energy inputs, energy outputs break down and wealth is destroyed and poverty mm -hmm. explodes. And so the connection between money and energy, getting energy out of the ground, getting it midstream, getting it downstream to then refine it and then to turn it into consumer products, that if you do not have a good form of money, you cannot get energy out of the ground. And so realistically, how I think about it is money is the first order, energy is the second order. And in the case of Bitcoin, they are so closely tied that what Bitcoin is providing us and why one of the reasons of coming down here and, and organizing a meetup here is we need more energy people that understand how to get resources out of the ground, turn it into power, and then secure the Bitcoin network because that Bitcoin is ultimately going to secure our ability to get energy out of the ground. Like, mm -hmm. Think about what happened in Venezuela. They cannot literally get their trading currency, which is oil, out of the ground, and now they can't get power, clean water, basic healthcare. Like, that is what happens when money breaks down, and when you print trillions of dollars of it, money breaks down. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and if Bitcoin wasn't here and people look at it and say, oh, what happened in Venezuela can't happen here, it is the same damn thing, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I do think that there is a reality that Bitcoin will uh, incentivize the development of types of natural resources that otherwise would be uneconomical. But I also think that the, the real fight is understand the benefit of Bitcoin and, and you have to question how money works and what money works. And, and I myself, pretty much anyone who, who gets into Bitcoin, they have to realize they've never asked the question, why do 325 million people accept dollars? Uh, and, and what are the consequences of the federal government printing trillions of dollars? Because when they start to question those fundamental questions, they start to understand money and they start to understand why Bitcoin can be money and why it's 21 million supply is the foundation of that monetary system. And the highest and best use of energy resources is securing the money. Yeah. 
my favorite um my favorite comments about bitcoin are always the ones you know about it has no value it's fake and you start questioning like what makes the us dollar valuable it's 100% faith in the currency it's not it's not backed by anything it's faith in the currency and you know to deny that to deny bitcoin is to deny basic economic principles of one supply and demand and two network effects and the bitcoin network has been running you know uh 12 13 years now and it just keeps growing and growing and growing and network effects don't stop they keep growing right and they keep expanding and you know one person if they listen to this podcast and they change their mind about about bitcoin and they join the network that's like that's how it works and um so and we're still so early and we're still yeah and we're still so early and you know one thing that I want to talk about a little bit too. Like, I would love to, you know, hear uh, y'all's thoughts on this as as well as, you know, like I think that this uh, strike integration on uh, Twitter to be able to use the Bitcoin Lightning Network and really think, you know, about Bitcoin as a protocol, be able to build on the rails of it. Um, like, I think that's some of the most innovative uh, technology as well. And, you know, that's hard for people to understand of, you know, you talk about the network. And it's like, look, you know, AWS um, host about, you know, let's call it a third of the internet roughly. And the internet is built on a series of protocols. You know, you had H, you know, you had IP and HTTP and no one gives a shit about that. Like people just care about, hey, I type in Google, I can go to Google and I can search something. And, you know, I think Bitcoin has to reach that point too, to where, you know, people don't care that they don't care about how the lightning network works. They don't care that, you know, it's a second layer protocol they just care about like, oh hey i can send uh someone um money using the bitcoin rails or you know i can uh, use bitcoin as a store of value and i think that um you know people have to challenge their assumptions when they look at okay like i i just can't stand when people are like there's no value it's a fake <laughs> it's a fake currency like your point is like hey i don't play xbox i don't think the xbox network is valuable and that uses a shitload of energy so we shouldn't use energy for that. Like, I think that there is a lot of value in the Bitcoin network and, um, you know, you just have to question your assumptions on money. It's yeah. like, why is, why, why do you believe in the U.S. dollar? Like, trust me, I don't want the U.S. dollar to collapse. But when, you know, 40% of all U.S. dollars in circulation have been printed in, you know, the last year, like that's worrisome. <laughs> How do you not have hyperinflation or at least risk of hyperinflation um happens so you know i don't know how anyone like roots against bitcoin because yeah. it it literally helps every person on the planet right yeah and, th and that's something that people don't understand they because they fundamentally have never questioned w realistically what money is and, and and its importance and like literally if you lose your money not not like lose it in the sewer but if if money breaks down you do not get water at your house like the comforts that we have come to enjoy and taken for granted literally break down water, healthcare, gas at the gasoline station. And that, yeah. um, that the, the idea that I think you bring up, which is the right one is that the first people that are the early adopters, which we are still in an early adoption phase, they have to contemplate these questions that before you're willing to store wealth in, in the Bitcoin network and to start to, to see Bitcoin intuitively as money. You have to naturally, if you're one of the first crazy 10 million or next 10 million or next 10 million, but just like we all use the telephone, 
I've worked in the telecom industry and I know half of it, but most people don't have any concept of how to use or how the telephone actually works, how mm -hmm. magic happens when they pick up the phone and they talk to someone across yeah. the world. Sometimes we're like, you know, that's a hard problem, right? But that's we, true. I have no fucking clue how that works and <laughs> use the phone right. every day. I've never thought about it. <laughs> right. And, you know, this past weekend, we had a bunch of Bitcoiners in Austin for the F1 race. And I was explaining to some friends that were in town, like the fundamentals of Bitcoin, why it was valuable. Um, and, you know, it's, all, it's usually deer in headlights the first time. Uh, but then later that night, we were um, at a, a, a big dinner. One of our friends, Jimmy Song, who's an uh, a engineer, um, I'm not sure if he's a core developer. He might have some core contributions, but he has a book called Thank God for Bitcoin. And it makes the moral case for Bitcoin. But uh, he was selling copies of the book and he, you know, I bought one for, for one of my friends and he just pulls up a lightning invoice. I take out my phone, I pay the invoice, little check mark comes up, he gives me the book. And the reality is this is going to be so easy to use. The monetary network is actually being built. If people just see a price trading on a screen and think of it as any other financial asset, they should come to the Houston meet Bitcoin meetup, they should come to Austin BitDevs. What's actually happening is a monetary network is being built by people. And over time, just like the telephone, it's going to be so easy to use that no one's going to consciously have to consider these questions about money. The, the, the last 95%, uh, it's just going to be money. And they're going to go, th go to the grocery store and they're going to use Bitcoin because it's going to be the only form of money that people accept. And one of the, you know, one of the other comments you made about, you know, kind of people look at this, doesn't make sense, shut it off. It's been going on for 12 years. Uh, it is in total storing more than a trillion dollars worth of, of value. And one of my favorite quotes from the Bitcoin standard, which I, I recommend everybody read, is that you cannot insulate yourself from others holding a harder form of money than you. And that's what Bitcoin is. It is a harder form of money than what must, most people hold. And if people just close their eyes and act like it doesn't exist, to me, it's like the equivalent of the kid who's playing hide and seek that's in the corner and puts his hand over his eyes and doesn't think that everybody else can see him. That, that is the equivalent of people thinking that they can turn away and not pay attention to Bitcoin because you do so at your own risk. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Liquid Frameworks. Liquid Frameworks has become the standard in field operations management software over the past decade with their FieldFX platform. With FieldFX, ENPs and OFS companies can transform how they manage and control field operations while eliminating the mountains of paperwork that comes along with it. FieldFX makes field operations easy and efficient by streamlining communication between the accounting department, field operations, and the entire back office. They're trusted by some of the most respected teams in the industry, such as Stallion Oil Field Services, Superior Energy Services, RPC, Basic Energy Services, services, key energy services, Liberty Oil Field Services, and anybody else who has services in their name is pretty much a customer. So if you've been thinking about ditching paper on Excel, modernizing your field operations and making your guys' lives easier, reach out to the team over there. You can check them out at liquidframeworks.com. They're also going to be the headlining sponsor and presenting at Energy Tech Night Houston on October 27th, 2021. So if you're listening real time, you can come and check them out. They're going to be demoing the software live as well. The whole team will be there if you want to chat with them. Like I said, you can go to liquidframeworks.com. We'll also leave a link in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I want to talk about, you know, let's direct the conversation over to the energy side a little bit, you know, Bitcoin mining off of natural gas is really becoming a thing. And, you know, I've, there's 
been a small group of people. You know, I was talking about it in 2017. You had a small group of people start carrying it out in 2018 and actually doing it. But I'd say over, you know, the last, let's call it six to eight months, like it's really started getting legs and people are, you know, legit people are asking questions about it and, you know, people are really getting interested and, you know, I have, um, Price of Bitcoin will help that out. The price of Bitcoin <laughs> will help that out too, for sure. And, and GU um, technology. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, the thing is, is, you know, there's a lot of questions around mining off of nat gas. And I think, you know, let's start, let's talk about Unchained Capital real quick and what you guys do, because it's actually a really important um, problem and solution that you guys are um, providing. And so, you know, if I go buy Bitcoin, you know, let's just say I go buy Bitcoin on Coinbase. And I can leave my Bitcoin on Coinbase, but, you know, I don't necessarily like own that, that Bitcoin. And then I have risk of Coinbase getting hacked and losing uh, my share of that Bitcoin. So the way that you secure that Bitcoin is, you know, you go get a uh, cold storage uh, wallet, which is, you know, essentially a USB drive and you put your Bitcoin on that and then you got a private key and you're the only one that knows that private key, you know, very secure. Problem is, I drive home after this podcast, I get hit head on by a truck, I die. Now my wife doesn't have the ability to access, you know, my my wallet and, you know, oh shit, I got, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin in there and uh, she can't get access to it. So you have this uh, custody um, issue. And so correct me if I'm wrong in my understanding of Unchained Capital, but essentially, you know, you guys have um, uh, three three signatures or three uh, permissions for Bitcoin storage. So, you know, you, myself and Griffin, you know, say that we're, uh, you know, we're um, JV on, on a partnership on, on a mine and we have a wallet that has Bitcoin. Um, each one of us has a signature um, that we need for approval to be able to transfer that Bitcoin or access that. Is that kind of a fair uh, high level view of what Unchained does in the custody service? Yeah. So, um, the way to think about Unchained relative to, say, a Coinbase is Coinbase holds the keys. They're not your keys. They're their keys. It operates much like a bank. And if you ever read a bank account statement, the dollars in the bank are not yours. They're theirs. Um, it's similar to that in Bitcoin. If you're, if you're Bitcoin or in Coinbase, and there was just a report um, a week or two ago about how 6,000 Coinbase accounts were hacked and drained, mm-hmm. um, that when you're talking about a dig- Bitcoin is a digital bear asset. And so the important thing to know is when I talk about 21 million Bitcoin and that being the fundamental value, there's technically speaking only 18.8 million that are in circulation today. So there's another um, 2.2 million to, to be mined, but that all of those Bitcoin that are in circulation are controlled by keys. And then the question becomes who has control of the keys? In the case of Coinbase, they have control of the keys and, and if you want access to your Bitcoin, you have to ask for permission. It's a permissioned set of security principles. In the world of Unchained, we help people hold their own keys and we hold keys alongside them. So as you were saying, there's three keys and two of them are required to move any Bitcoin. Uh, generally speaking, we hold one key and our clients hold two. In the case of a business, it might be two principles, each hold one key. And if they need to collaborate with Unchained, there's financial controls in place be able to ensure that, you know, there's permissions from the, the people of the business. If it's an individual, they just hold two of their own keys. The, the benefit of that is 
you have permissionless access to your wealth and you don't have the counterparty risk of a financial institution. And that the longer that somebody holds Bitcoin, the more they start to understand the importance of it actually is achievable to do that. Um, and, and that when you do it, when you're talking about all Bitcoin being controlled by keys that live in physical form, you give that power up when you use something like Coinbase. And that in our world, we help people accelerate the path to being able to do that securely. Just like you said, if you're holding a single key, and it's one of the most unique things about Bitcoin is that, and it, and it differentiates it from something like a commodity money, that you can have a finitely scarce asset and that asset can, can literally live not in a single place. And that ensures also that it can't be seized. If you are using what's referred to, and it's, it's the uh, scripting language native to Bitcoin called multisig, uh, multisig is, is native to Bitcoin. How we apply it in our application is proprietary. Um, but the most important thing of it is that our clients retain ownership of keys. That is a fundamentally more secure position, not just from a counterparty risk perspective, but you literally sever the internet connection. You were talking about cold storage, that thinking about while you're at sleep, somebody's constantly trying to steal your Bitcoin. How do you protect against that? Disconnect it from the internet mm. and then create uh, a approach to custody where you eliminate all single points of failure. You get hit by a bus, your wife, family still has access to a second key location. Um, but there's, there's, there is a fundamental difference between somebody being in a position, and it's a very powerful position to put in yourself, to hold money where you could literally go anywhere in the world and no financial institution or no person could prevent you from accessing your money. That actually, the more people are doing that, the more secure the Bitcoin network is as well. Absolutely. Griffin, you know, a solution like that is important. Um, you know, you look at like Olympia Creek and you guys are mining, you are mining both off of Nat Gas and uh, you're, you're working on substations off the grid, grid correct? Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, as, as you build out a company and you're mining Bitcoin as a product, you know, it's important for you guys to be able to have solutions like that, right? Yep. Where and we use Unchained. We have a petroleum engineer, a geologist, and a landman holding the keys. Yeah. <laughs> what could go wrong? Well, welcome to 2021. <laughs> and but, that's what Unchained does. It helps a, a landman, a petroleum engineer, <laughs> be able to hold keys. So, and, but, and, and, but it is a key thing that it, it's their wealth, it's their company's wealth. Uh, and there's nothing, if, if Unchained filed for bankruptcy or had some sort of other problem, they have their money. They can move it. It's not part of an estate. They don't have to ask for permission. Um, and they do need to understand the responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility. But that is what we do. And, and, and miners, especially those that understand Bitcoin, begin to accumulate Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, if you look at what are some of the barriers to um, – scaling out the operations of Bitcoin mining in the oil field, you know, it's going to be custody related issues like that. So, um, you know, you have those technological solutions now, you know, via Unchained. Um, you know, it sounds like we were just talking about this briefly before we got on the mic, you know, supply issues with miners is a, a big deal. Um, being able to, you know, you look at oil and gas operations, I mean, they're very intricate supply chain um operations right i yeah. mean sourcing pipe and rigs and service crews i mean we were very good at uh supply chain and logistics in this industry 
and some of the hiccups right now that you have are where do you buy a hundred miners? You know, it's hard to hard to get your hands on them. What are some of the other barriers that you on, see on the scalability side? Yeah. Uh, so, like chasing like stranded gas, um, that like we we got started. I'm I'm in Lubbock. I'm talking to a buddy and uh, Connor and the kind of once we got to talking, he he had this well. He drills a well. It's um, looking for oil. He's uh, chasing reefs, wildcatting out in like central Texas. And then he hits this uh, reef and it is just gas. And uh, the closest pipeline is 19 miles. So uh, the reserves in this, in this said well uh, weren't big enough to ever economically justify that pipeline. Then he had high nitrogen content. So if he made it to the pipeline, he's still going to get docked. So the uh, only like, you know, you look at what can I maybe freeze uh, some liquids, strip them off? Is there uh, any sort of like small factory I can manufacture? Just use this energy, put something to work, like just this unmonetized asset sitting there. And then uh, Steve, Steve Barber, the uh, upstream uh, Canadian, uh, got together. And the only way to literally, that gas would still be sitting in the ground today if it were not for Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. And so you get the containers, uh, film full of miners, um, and, you know, you're on gen sets out there. And as much as, like, you'd love to put 100 megawatts out there, there's just not enough gas there, or you'd build, a, you'd build the pipeline. So it's hard to scale that way. And then especially, like, we're doing a, a flared deal uh, in New Mexico, and it's, it's more or less um, drilling for oil, but there's going to be some gas, can't flare in New Mexico. So um, you can get, as long as you're chasing, like, an asset that's going to be, like, within the same county, Scaling is not that bad because it's now it's come down to like labor. Uh, like the silos, you need um, a guy to run your gen set, like a mechanic. You need a pumper to make sure that the, yeah, the gas is flowing. You need an electrician when it comes to everything, when it comes we, to Bitcoin uh, mining. We decided on our podcast with Jay Energy that the IT guys that actually service the uh, miners, we're just going to call them pumpers too. <laughs> okay. A, like as an old ad, you know, kind of a, yes. a nod to... The pumpers of the oil field. I, I so, respect that. I'm yes, down with that. Yeah, to get on get on board. We're just gonna call them pumpers. <laughs> yes. And and so that's um yeah, so pumpers and pumpers and pumpers. Yeah. And then, you know, this the hardware, the software, the firmware of getting all of the machines up and running and, and staying running. You know, that's that's like kind of your deal. So last thing you want to do is be in like four different states running one mine, right? And then because you gotta have a team of pumpers, yeah. said pumpers. But if you can uh, scale and like, this is where like the midstream, I think is going to uh, really play a key role in here because you don't have to worry about the, the mineral owner and, and that drama. Uh, it is more well, or less. Talk, let, okay. You can't just like hop over that. <laughs> I tried. Let's, let's talk about it real quick because uh, got a lot of people on Twitter. Anytime you talk about this, they're like, oh, what about the mineral owners? You know, how are they going to be treated? I'm like, look. <clears throat> If you think about taking, have you ever had a mineral a mineral owner be like, oh, I'm entitled to uh, whatever electricity is generated off of that peak or plant? No. Not once get, in my life. You get paid spot price at the gathering station, and then that's the transaction, and that's how it works. And when I look at Bitcoin mining, it's like you're literally taking the downstream process and moving it, boom, just right to the wellhead. So, hey, look, you get paid spot price or you take your gas in kind, and then you get your own miners out there, and you mine it if you want to mine Bitcoin. Um, but for some reason, you know, a lot of people like that's their main sticking point is the 
I think it's the worst talking point and seems to come from a lot of uh, attorneys that I think that they see money signs, they see uh, some legal and fees. A lot of people future. just ready to die on that hill too, yeah. which I don't really understand. But I'm like, okay, look, if it's going to be that big of a problem, look, we'll just, uh, you set up a midstream entity, you gather the gas and then you just pull it off that and you, um, you have an arm's length transaction. And, you know, I think that you look at midstream and that's what really where the low hanging fruit is in my mind, you know, you just pull off, pull off. It's hard to talk to midstreamers at six dollar gas, though, right? They're just they're they're partying right now, so like they don't really have time for yeah. you. Because and and the other things like so I've I've been a mineral owner. Like Peyton and I started Mountain Lion Oil and Gas, and we just bought minerals and royalties. And like this is as a mineral owner, how can I get more Bitcoin? I demand that I get my lease like uh, paid in Bitcoin instead of getting a monthly check. Tell them here's my wallet, send money here. That's that's the answer for mineral owners is just get paid in Bitcoin off of your gas's value, off yeah. of your oil's yeah, value. Yeah, if you want Bitcoin, just uh, collect sats instead of uh, dollars. Yeah, that's I think that as, as a mineral guy, that's that's how I'm going to get more coins. Yeah, is by demanding because they're not going to do it. Like you're going to have to hold their hand. Don't get me wrong; it's going to be kind of a progressive deal, and I'll I'll take a an eighth royalty just to get like yeah. my you know QR code on the on the <laughs> oil and gas lease. In the uh, in the courthouse, and I mean, I'm happy to help others, you know, with that route. And I, and I think that that's like where the future's going. I remember Parker saying, like, until people demand it, it's not going to happen. But you see it being demanded every day. Yeah, I'm talking for the first time in my life last week. Uh, a mineral owner um, in like the Eagleford has like a flare going off in his place, and he he more or less like wants to be on the side, but he doesn't know how he can get in. So his leverage is the oil and gas company wants to take a lease on his, uh, on his other acreage that's, you know, currently not producing. And so his now negotiation is let's get some Bitcoin mining going here. I'm good to take it in kind, but you got to make sure that I can run my mine here and everybody wins and then I'll happily sign your deal. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're going to see. It's not going to be some guy in retrospect, you know, demanding what it, cause if you start saying the use, after it goes from gas and turns into anything else, are you going to have to go and, you know, grandfather all these old leases in and say, well, okay, well now we've got to start tracking where that gas or yeah, where that where oil that, got where processed. Where's that molecule going? What's it being yes. turned into? Is it, and is it a plastic bottle and coke? You're entitled. Or, yeah. You're entitled to that. Refined you're going you're to get those margins too. No, it's I, like, no, I think hundred percent that, you know, any lease from, you know, 2020 or 2021 moving forward, you know, you're going to have to look out for it. Cause you know, it'd be like this guy where he's like, Hey, look, you know, I want to take my gas in kind and I'm going to have miners out there and you got to make sure that I have uh, my supply. But yeah, I just like, you know, I'm not a title attorney. I'm not a landman, but I just like, does not make, I come from a family of landmen. You know, I tell my dad about it and he's like, why the hell would they be entitled to the Bitcoin? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, but that's like what a lot of people think right now. So um, that'll be interesting. But, you know, I think what's, uh, you know, what's cool about this conversation right now is, you know, we got, Got a couple oil guys and uh, and me and Griffin here. You know, we come from different backgrounds. You know, I come from roughnecking and drilling and completing wells. He comes from the land side, but then we got Parker over here. You know, from you know Bitcoin uh, perspective and then Austin. But what's also interesting about Unchained uh, Capital is that you guys have oil and gas backers too and Stronghold, and then uh, you know a couple of individual uh, oil and gas guys. And so, it's kind of this uh, this convergence of Bitcoin and tech 
and Austin culture and then, you know, Houston and uh, the oil culture. And, you know, I'll, uh, I, I took these Chinese miners to uh, tour a site, a natural gas site up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I can't even describe this scene. Like I can't articulate it, but it was just kind of so bizarre. You know, I got these Chinese guys <laughs> yeah. walking around with their Binance backpacks and then I got these redneck oil field guys. And I was just like, dude, this is the most bizarre clash of cultures I've yep. ever seen in my life. Um, but in that moment, I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, this is so like, this doesn't look like anything that I've ever experienced or, you know, read about in books. And you just see these, uh, these cultures colliding. And so, you know, I think that one, it takes, it's going to take this collaboration. You know, you need the, uh, you need the energy professionals, um, you know, the, these, uh, prof you know, professional miners, um, you know, say they're coming from China, like they don't understand natural gas assets they don't understand you know wind and solar and um you have energy companies here in the u.s that have access and have the ability to uh operate these assets and put miners out there and i think that's like where the magic happens and so everything that's happening you know within the bitcoin community and you know what unchained's doing uh with the meetups i think is super important i think it's vital yeah and th there is a convergence happening between bitcoin and energy and that will that will only continue to accelerate. Um, I think you know the ideas that we talked about before. Bitcoin is not intuitive. That's okay. The beautiful thing about what I have seen in the short time that I've been coming down here to Houston. I'm from Texas. I'm from Austin, so I very familiar. Um, but but specifically the energy folks and the power producers that are that are starting to get engaged in Bitcoin, they start out and they can just see the the hornet's nest humming and they can, whenever someone says it's not backed by anything, they're like, well, that's something. Backed right? by energy. <laughs> and then they know that there's a market that they can sell it to. Uh, and that's real. They don't have to understand why it's liquid, um, but it is. And that there is this combination of technology and energy and money. And in Bitcoin, they are one. Uh, it's just a matter of all of those human resources and the human capital and the physical capital figuring out it's why we're doing the Houston Bitcoin meetup, putting those people in the same room will accelerate the convergence and the acceleration of that convergence will create value. Yeah. Um, and, and that, you know, you put different people from different backgrounds, like you're talking about walking around, you know, Oklahoma, I don't know if it was oil fields or, you know, <laughs> net gas, but that those people have different backgrounds, but they've got different capabilities and they've all got something to add to the same thing. Um, and it will be a very powerful force. Um, it's it's going to be beautiful. Yeah. I'm, you know, really excited about it to say the least super bullish on the space. I think it's going to be one of the biggest growing industries over the next decade, at least. So, um, I think that you're going to see just a lot of opportunity, um, if you're forward thinking and, or even backward thinking like Henry Ford, what, 1921, so like a hundred years ago said, you need an, like, if you want to stop wars. Like he who controls the gold is going to be financing wars, right? But the, his, you know, his thesis was like an energy, energy currency is, is like the total take the gold out of control. You cannot control it. And uh, like Bitcoin solves that. Yeah. I mean, took a hundred years, but. Yeah, it is literally <laughs> converting ener energy into a monetary unit and energy can't be faked and. Proof and of work. Proof of work. And. That idea of proof of work mining, most people probably don't know what these words mean, 
but it is what ensures that the Bitcoin network is secure and that people can't debase the currency and that no one's in control because what's happening right now is there is a land grab and everyone that's paying attention is going out and trying to find the cheapest sources of power to most efficiently hash the proof of work function. And, and with that the, is- With the longevity environment. Yes, and, and, and that is what secures the network. And, and what I reinforce for people is, if, is if you do not pay attention and get involved, you will get left behind. Because most things like Bitcoin is the greatest innovation of our generation and will be for, in my view, generations. With most innovations, it's a luxury. It's something they create the TV, they create the telephone, you know, make a better baseball stadium. And, and, and first it's a luxury and then it turns into a commodity. In the case of Bitcoin, money is the most basic necessity. And, and if, if you close your eyes and you don't pay attention, there is a consequence. You will get left behind. It's not just about, quote, making money, but your business will be obsolete. Somebody else will look at it and they will, they will capture an opportunity. And if you're not securing your own balance sheet with Bitcoin, you're not going to have a business. And so the, the stakes are high is what I, I, I like to tell people. Um, and that it is over a trillion dollars. It has been operating for 12 years. This city in particular is primed to, to be a hub. And we just have to get the, the people um, to, to turn the lights on. Yeah, well... I think that's starting to happen and I think that it's only going to accelerate and shareholders about to be demanding that these oil and gas companies start having some sort of mining going. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that we're starting to see demand, uh, for people to have exposure to it. And so it's going to be really exciting over the next, uh, next few years at least. So, um, guys, if you're listening to this podcast and you're interested in Bitcoin mining, um, you know, you can reach out to myself, you can reach out to Griffin. Um, if you guys need, uh, solutions for custody, you can reach out to Unchained and need to make sure to check out the, uh, Bitcoin meetups. Is there actually a place to, like find the schedule for the Bitcoin meetups? I know they're supposed to be secret, but like, I think Mario literally invited me online. I'm like, it's not so... It's not so secret. <laughs> yeah. So it was funny because I think the one in August, we had a CNBC reporter and I, I thought the article was actually great, but the, the, whoever the editors were wrote a, a title about like, you know, secretive meeting to talk about Bitcoin and energy. <laughs> it's like, if you follow me on Twitter, Parker A. Lewis, I tweet about it literally <laughs> every single day and it's on meetup.com. Um, we do want people that are genuinely interested in Bitcoin, you know, they don't have to be experts in Bitcoin. They want to know. We're, we publicize it on the for the one in Austin and the one in, in Houston. Um, they're both on meetup.com. I think it's Houston Bitcoin Meetup Group. Uh, the one in Austin is Austin Bitcoin Developers. Um, but yeah, if, if anybody follows me on Twitter, they can't miss it. I uh, I throw it in their face <laughs> all, the, all the time. And you know what I do tell people is if you come, you've seen it, but... If you come to the Bitcoin meetup, no pun intended, but you will feel an energy. Um, and, and that alone will help you understand that this is not just digital beanie babies. Um, there's a world of a thousand cryptocurrencies, I tell people. I only own one. I only work on one. And I understand why. And there's a way to understand why. And it's Bitcoin. Um, but the, the Houston Bitcoin meetup, if, for people that are local here 
or an Austin, Austin Bit Devs, Austin Bitcoin Developers Meetup, you step one foot in that door and you will have a different perspective on what is happening. Um, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that uh, so much. When you get around people that are smart, you know, they're intelligent and they're dedicating their time and energy to this, you realize like, oh shit, this, this is real. And so, yeah, definitely guys come out, uh, come out to the Bitcoin meetup. Um, you know, even if you, if you don't know anything and you're just wanting to, uh, possibly learn and expand your knowledge and start getting your feet wet and, um, it's a great place just to come meet people. We'll, uh, I'll see if I can get a link to the meetup. We'll put it in the uh, show notes. Uh, maybe we'll throw it up on the website as well. So guys, Appreciate you uh, coming on the show. I think that uh, thanks you know, for having me. It's probably first of many uh, pieces of content that we create on Bitcoin and oil and gas because I think that the uh, conversation is just going to keep uh, evolving and developing. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, appreciate so, you having us. All right, guys. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to the Oil and Gas Startups Podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, any of your favorite podcast players. Also, find us on YouTube if you want to see our beautiful faces on video drop an episode once a week make sure you subscribe to our newsletter on digitalwallcatters.com the bde newsletter big digital energy we'll catch you guys next week